This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome to another exciting episode of the Ultimate Global Podcast. And this is a very special series of episodes that we are doing on jobs and workplaces. Uh, the topic for this uh, episode is uh, curiosity and creativity that's driving innovation at workplace. And in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest. Um, it's the author and podcaster, Simon Banks. He's joining us from Sydney today. Um, Simon, it's, it's my pleasure to invite you to this uh, series of episodes and to know more about creativity because I keep on, uh, I'm a big fan of creativity uh, in my job and in whatever I do. So I'm sure this is going to be a really, really insightful discussion in which I'm going to learn so many things. So I'll pass it on to you, Simon, introduce yourself, tell us a bit more about what you are doing before we start talking about creativity. Well, thanks for having us and a great introduction. So uh, when people ask what I do, what do I do, I'm a keynote speaker, author, and podcaster on creativity, innovation, and design, and a recovering professional artist. Look, I'm known in the industry for my high-energy you know, off-sites, conferences, away days, workshops, and design sprints that really shift the way that people think, and most importantly, I guess, reimagine the world around them. And look, I guess my geek out spot is that intersection of creativity and design, learning, people and passion. And I put the passion piece in at the end because, you know, good luck if there's no passion in a project you're trying to uh, deliver. You know, if you've got that element, you can go a long, 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 long way and you won't go far without it. Absolutely. And I think creativity is so important in all the job professions these days. I definitely feel creativity should be a separate subject, not only for a certain set of students who are doing a certain set of job professions, but in fact, for everyone, because uh, you talk about any job, if you're not creative enough to do that job, you will get uh, you will get uh, bored of that job and you will be lagging behind of others to what you are doing because you're not creative enough to do what you are doing. Um, I can just take example of my job. So in sales, if I'm not creative enough in the way I interact with the customers or not creative enough in which I interact with them on LinkedIn or through emails, um, I'm sure my customers will stop responding to me uh, and they'll not want to talk to me because I'm not creative enough. Um, and I'm sure you must have realized this uh, by interacting with so many people, Simon. Yeah, well, like with your job, you're always reimagining, like using your imagination, your creativity. Think, how can I engage? How can I provide more value? What can I do to really help my customers? So you're always asking questions and being curious. So look, at the heart of any role is that ability to, to look at the world differently and then, you know, create that change which adds value, which is, you know, what, what I believe uh, innovation is. And it's like, it's very, very often, it's very, very easy to think, oh, I'm not the creative type. That's someone else's role. My role doesn't require it. And I often say most people, if, you, if you're thinking you're not creative, you're just labeling your creativity as something else and it's just waiting there, you know, sitting there waiting for you to use it. And if you think about it, we're, be, we're, doing, we're being creative and problem solving all throughout the day. However, we tell ourselves a very funny story about that creativity, which, as I said, is generally I don't have any. Someone else has more creativity than me. Absolutely. Um, and I think there are so many different ways that you can kind of uh, 
have this habit in your day-to-day life um, to become more creative and to solve problems. Now, um, for me, I'm always curious about knowing how people are doing different things on LinkedIn. Um, And I try to be proactive in understanding how they are doing. Um, Is there anything different to what I'm doing or how are they doing the things or what is that person who is the CEO or the manager? Is he doing the thing in a different way? Is there something that I can learn from him? So I think that is one of the skills that I really find that you should possess the curiosity to learn and to become creative. And that's the topic, curiosity and creativity kind of go hand in hand, isn't it? Yeah, I think of um, creativity, curiosity, and your ability to reimagine and imagine what is not. They're sort of like I'm doing a little triangle here, which isn't so good for podcasts. But <laughs> I said they're all they all sort of exist and they flow in amongst each other. And I say, you know, all three of them are the wingman or the wingmen of innovation. So you cannot innovate if you don't sort of apply these three things. And often we think, you know, innovation is something that happens to us or, you know, governments innovate for us or the business will innovate. It's actually driven by the humans in the organisation and that need to innovate or that ability to innovate is delivered by us looking looking in the world with eyes wide open, which is our curiosity, ability to reimagine what is not and what we could create. And, you know, our creativity, that's the ability to bring something into the world that wasn't there. Or I often say, you said it early when we are chatting before, that ability to connect the dots in different ways. Absolutely, because um, you can be presented with three or four dots in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, now, there can be different ways of joining those dots. Now, I can present you with four dots, and that can be a good game for a child, you know, who is four yeah. years old or five <laughs> years old. And you draw, you give him or her four dots on the paper and you say, can you join these four dots? There can be different ways of joining these four dots. Uh, but it's just about why you have joined in a certain way and how did you do that? If you can justify that, that kind of opens up how uh, critical minded you are um, and your critical thinking and problem solving skills are then tested, which I find are very relevant in, in, in the job market these days. Yeah, we're we're over talking around critical thinking and problem solving, like it's only a certain part of our brain. And we used to think, oh, I'm left brain or right brain, you know, creative, uncreative. Now, neuroscience tells us, you know, that's complete rubbish. Uh, and our brain is interconnected with a whole bunch of different neural pathways. So critical thinking is supported by creative thinking. So that critical thinking uh, mashes up against creative thinking. They're not one and they're not, if you're going to solve a problem, you need both. You need to have that sort of logical, analytical, uh, critical space. We also need that open-minded space, the ability to look at different solutions, try new things, uh, put things together that might've been connected before. So all of this, you know, works together, that critical and creative uh, or some people call that John Cleese, the comedian from Monty Python, he calls it open and closed thinking. So that critical and creative thinking, how it comes together. And they're both useful at different times. But, you know, great innovators, they've got both. They've got both. Or not they've got both, they practice both. Because we've all got it, but we just often won't practice it. Yep, absolutely. And I think the more you practice something, the better you get at that thing. Um, and that's why they say that practice... Uh, makes a man perfect. And I think creativity is something which, uh, even if people think that it can't be learned, but I think it's also a skill that can be learned over a period of time. When you start doing certain things, 
we did an episode few uh, months back on building atomic habits um i definitely yeah. feel when you start building certain kind of habits so for example in my profession if i start uh, looking into linkedin uh, people doing similar kind of job roles how they are doing their job or if i'm a podcaster like i'm doing here how are people running podcasts across the world yeah uh, can i learn something new from them can i learn some new creative elements for them and that's something which i tested a lot initially because i definitely believe that if i have to fail fail fast and learn quickly uh, that's one of the theories that i i definitely believe in but i wanted to ask you simon here uh, moving from that perspective uh, we have talked about from an employee's perspective that what can they learn to become a creative person do you think that uh, and as an employer it's becoming an important thing for the employers as well to kind of uh, have that component of creativity into their onboarding programs to the new employees where they start teaching about creativity i know this can't be taught uh but are there certain things which can be embedded um to enhance the problem solving ability of their employees yeah well i think naturally we we're, we're great problem solvers and it's not so much around uh, are you creative or not but it's around are you confident with your creativity so if you're an employer or a leader you want to be able to setting you want to be setting the environment where i can share my ideas no matter how well formed they are like if it's only 10% i've been looking at something and i've got a i've only got 10% of an idea i know it's not perfect but i want to share it anyway that is what leaders can enable that's what employers can enable saying your ideas are going to be okay in a safe space here we're not going to shut them down we're open to hearing new things we're open to being challenged we're open to diversity of thought and then not only just diversity but inclusion of that thought that's what employers can do when they're onboarding is set that scene where we value your diverse opinions and we want you to bring a fresh set of eyes because look we're problem solving all day in our head we're always looking at new things and if you're curious you're always looking at new ways of doing things you're seeing problems often we're too scared to say anything because we're worried what people might say so you want to have that culture of innovation let people know it's all right to bring your uniqueness your diversity your your special way of looking at the world that no one else has bring that to work that's an important part of that sort of onboarding process yeah absolutely and i think uh, being creative is uh, is is so can be so difficult for some of the people because i'm sure that a lot of people listening to this might be thinking that am i as creative as the person i'm listening to on this podcast uh or what is simon saying what what does he mean by creativity um how can i develop that creativity creative element in myself so for example you know i started off with this podcast initially and slowly and steadily we kept on coming up with these ideas that we can do special series of episodes on ceos founders and co-founders we can do special series of episodes on different kind of things that really comes up because um i was able to think in different ways and change my mindset mold my mindset in different ways so how do you think people can build that thing yeah well i guess even before we go there most people say i'm not creative and it's something to do with the arts okay so me i can't sing in tune i can't paint realistically i can't play the guitar i can't i can't i can't all of those things require practice okay so if you put in the work 
you will get better at them. Okay, everyone. But what we do, the funny thing is we go, I can't paint like Picasso who painted over 100,000 artworks and we therefore go, I'm not creative. Or we compare ourselves to someone who's been doing something for 40 years and then we go, oh, I'm not as good as them, I'm not creative. But look, you don't look at someone who's gone to the Olympics who's an Olympic runner and go, I don't run as well as you, I'm not going to run. Or you don't look at someone like Wim Hof who's really great at breath work, if you've ever heard of Wim Hof, uh, and you don't go, I can't breathe as well as you, I'm not going to breathe. So we've got this really funny thing around our what we perceive as our creativity. So the number one thing, if you are born, you are creative. If you have a brain, you are creative. But as I said, we often label it as something else. But how you practice, how do you get better, is you work out the muscle. Think of your creativity as like physical exercise. You can't say, you can say, I am not fit, but you cannot say, I will never be fit. If you want to be fit and improve your fitness, you put in the work. So number one thing to improve your creativity, start doing things you wouldn't normally do. Read new books, seek new information, try a new hobby, do join a new group, uh, go for a new walk, walk around like you do. You do your walking tours. Like you take people out and they look at the world and they see things they wouldn't have thought before. Write your ideas down. Constantly do things that take you just out of your comfort zone and be open to the world around you. Meet with new people. You, then you take in all of this information and then that's how you start to develop your creativity. And also I'd say be prepared to do something you know you're not going to be good at the first time because so many, especially uh, grown-up, sensible adults, we go, I don't want to do anything that will make me look foolish, so I'm not going to do it. So I'm not going to try surfing. I'm not going to try singing. I'm not going to try you know, learning a new language because I won't be perfect the first time. So do something which exercises your brain, and that's how your creativity starts to develop. Absolutely. And um, I don't know if people join any walking tours or not, but you definitely have to join my walking tour yeah, every Sunday if you're in Sydney. <laughs> it's called Explore More Over a Walk. Um, and I think the concept of that was also pretty much um, linked with a lot of creativity um, because I thought about it. Um, and it was uh, Explore More Over a Walk will mean that explore more about each other in the walk, explore mm. more about Sydney, uh, explore the scenic views, and of course, explore more about your inner self because. Sydney is a very fast working place. I'm sure that you don't even get time to explore your inner self during a tiring week. So a Sunday walk is a good way to explore your inner self and see what good things you have done in the week, what bad things you have done in the week. So that was the concept of it. But, you know, coming back to this thing only, explore more over a walk. How do you see this, the surroundings also affect the individual's yeah. creativity, because we have talked about only the people from an employee's point of view, from an employer's point of view, but is there also an effect of the surroundings? And that's why a lot of companies these days are preferring uh, workplaces, shared workplaces, uh, where people can see other people, where workplaces have got certain elements. At the moment, I'm sitting at Work Club Global in Baranguru, uh, you know, in Sydney, different workplaces have got different elements. Do you think that those kind of elements in the workplaces also create a difference in creativity and curiosity? Yeah, we want to allow the, um, I mean, it's been hard over the last couple of years with people working from home. But you want to allow those moments where you have those impromptu conversations, those serendipitous moments, those 
I always say you want to allow the space for those things, to, for those ideas to arrive in the room that weren't there until those people arrived. So the ability for ideas to uh, sort of bang up against each other. And look, there's been so much uh, research has come back saying that, you know, the big thing which has suffered, like productivity, you know, has been, you know, maybe similar for many organisations, but the creativity, newness of thought, that originality, those ability to produce something which wasn't there before, that creative work, that's what suffered by people working in isolation. And your surroundings, for me, have a big part to play in that because we need to seek inspiration and we need to seek stimulus and ideas will come to us if we go out and seek those ideas as well. So a workplace has got a huge role to does it, to play in that and sort of think around, do you want it to be somewhere which is really vanilla and boring and looks like, you know, 1960s communist, you know, office block? Or do you want to place, create a place where you can have those serendipitous moments and those new conversations? And just like, I'm going to go back to your walking uh, tour again, give a little plug. But when you walk and you open your eyes, how much do you see? When you go for a walk and then you, all of a sudden you stop looking at your phone and you're looking up instead of down, all of a sudden you take in all this information. And, you know, Jack London, the author, said you can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club. So that's part of, you know, creating that space where, that inspiration can happen as well. That doesn't mean it can't happen when you're at home by yourself uh, because ideas come in all shapes and sizes. But, you know, workplaces have got a, a really important role to think, how can we design this for, for creativity? And that might even be, you know, take some time off. We're going to spend some time outside. We're going to, you know, just commit nothing to that hour. Just go connect with your colleagues, have a coffee, see what conversations come forth when you're not there uh, sort of working in that atypical way you might be when you're sitting at your desk. Yep. I, I don't know whether you might have noticed that or not, Simon. Um, so I came to Sydney three years back and I came from India. Um, I came here for my studies to experience yeah. the multi multicultural environment of Sydney. And I find, found out that when you talk to people from different countries, uh, coming from different backgrounds, that kind of opens up your horizon of thinking yeah. The same thing. Um, now, if I look into one thing in one way, I can now look into one thing from four or five different ways. Uh, when you start talking to different kinds of people, have you also experienced that multiculturalism, more diverse teams kind of drive creativity at workplace? Yeah. And look, all the research supports that as well. You want teams which are diverse, not just in background, but in thought as well. Because often we can say, I've got a diverse team. But uh, it's very easy for those diverse ideas to be shut down. So it can be diversity in name only, but it's diversity and inclusion. And all of the research supports that, you know, a team of different thinkers from different backgrounds, different environments, uh, different races, different religions, you know, different suburbs, different ages. That's creates that wonderful melting pot of, uh, of ideas and insights. And the key then is how do we allow those to be shared and those people to feel confident about sharing that insight. Because otherwise, it's very easy to surround yourself with people who all think the same as you. And, oh, that's great. We're a great team. We all think the same. No, you want people who think different. And you want that ability to say, no, I don't, I don't agree with you. And here's my thoughts on that. And often we'll find that innovation sweet spot sits right in the middle of those you know, different opinions. And when those ideas are allowed to mash up against each other, that's when that great sort of you know, innovative thinking starts to happen. So in answer to your question, yes, <laughs> I do believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I think uh, if 
everyone agrees on everything then it's not a healthy discussion um no not uh, at all not at all absolutely if if it has to be a healthy discussion you need to agree on certain things you need to disagree on certain things yeah um and i guess uh, if you disagree on certain things if you add value to someone to what someone has already said uh, you are kind of adding value to your job role and your organization yeah. uh, in total as well but i want to take it back a step back to yeah. from the workplace to the university level um i know that this can also be taught at university levels yesterday only when i was uh, uh, having the walk from the hyde park to the royal botanical garden in sydney i met two people and we were having this discussion with them that how can we make university education better and more creative um, yeah. and uh, i think that guy was also uh, saying that a lot of theoretical exams that we are having for the students in the universities kind of are not matched with the industry requirements uh, how do you think those uh, those assessments uh, can be modified so that the students are well prepared to face the workplace and especially the new workplaces which are pretty hybrid which require you to uh, work in a different way and a more creative way from day one yeah that that's a big question i'm not sure if i have the perfect answer but i guess you, you uh it's moving away from that piece around what's the exam question you know you sit in the lecture is this in the exam i'll listen uh, uh if it's not in them i'm not yeah i'm not interested i know that's there's often spoken around you know you go you get dumped some information on so really it's about that you know they started to talk a little bit more in schools and often they use design thinking as the uh the way which is spoken about but that ability to think critically the ability to problem solve the ability to uh challenge ideas and the practice to put that stuff into um into action so for me it's that uh whenever i do any innovation work with clients and they say we want to learn about innovation we want to learn about human centered design we want to learn about creativity we always 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 work on real projects so it's never like a lecture and then we are you know we'll give have a test at the end like university so often is it's around what's that how are we going to collaborate and do this stuff as a team so then you learn by doing so for me i guess if universities can you know i don't want to knock anyone i do a lot of work with the universities and have a lot of friends who teach in universities so but i guess it's that how do we create that learning by doing so we learn by making our mistakes we learn by experience we learn we develop those muscles we develop those muscles of creative intelligence which we all have so it's not just i've heard it and then i'll we'll recount it but for me we we learn best by doing so the more we can bring in the doing uh into it and then we also learn that when you get into work you know everything is an up and down and yes and no and you know the work the work environment's very fluid place and we're constantly problem solving so you want to develop those skills that you can almost bring to any workplace i'm not sure if i answered the question so <laughs> oh i absolutely i totally agree with you on that part you were a bit politically correct uh with your answer <laughs> but that's fine i can understand because uh, you are linked to the universities but uh I really feel that in the universities when you go uh, and even in back in the schools you are taught that there is one right answer and yeah. every student wants to capture that right answer they don't want yeah. to think anything different other than the right answer and that's yeah. where I think we we go completely wrong because there can be multiple answers to the same problem provided to you yeah. it's it's up to you what answer you want to give but you have to justify your answer so I think that is something which we can talk that can be taught through some practical assessment where we start asking students that uh, you know from their real life environment if they see something around them 
do you ask a question regarding that or do you do you really logically understand why is it happening how is it happening so i think that's that's the starting point according to me what do you think well i think those those things around posing questions that don't have the right answer and we interviewed a guy now podcast recently and he's got the courts called Ian Gilbert and he writes the book of thunks t-h-u-n-k-s and or the little book of thunks and they're questions which don't have an answer so there's no right or wrong answer like one of them is is there more past or is there more future like what's the right answer but the idea is it's designed to make you think or um if you are what what's one of the other ones you know should you smile or should you say thank you to a robot waiter you know, so all these questions which just make you think, you think, well, there is no right or wrong answer. Like uh, they're, they're open. And you think around, uh, let's say you had an exam question uh, early 2020, so January 2020. I want you to design the ideal workplace based on all the data that we have. Let's say you had to answer the same question in June 2020 where everyone's working from home. Like the answer changes. So you need to be part of that. What you're talking about is that, uh, that way of thinking where I can be more you know, open, I can be more flexible, I can be more creative, I can look at the data, I can look at possible solutions and also try and test new things because when we try and test, and you said uh, you know, fail fast before, but I think it's really experiment quickly, run lots of little micro experiments like you might with your clients for a week, I'm going to try this on five or six or ten calls and then you go, ah, here's what I learned. I'm going to creatively apply that in a different way the next time. So, it's, yeah, it's that. It's, I think it's being good at what humans, we've been solving problems since the beginning of time. So it's getting us to embrace that humanness, which we all have. Absolutely, Simon. Um, and I feel that uh, uh, in sales, you have to keep on uh, changing your ways of communication, as I told you yeah. before, that... Yeah. Uh, you can't have the same style of communication. And that's why on a Monday morning, uh, my first one hour just goes into what can be a different email template to, to talk yeah. to that client who hasn't responded to me for the last three weeks. So my whole focus is how can I make that creative uh, emails so that yeah. the prospect wants to respond to me? Um, there, was a, there was a subject line I received from one of the other salesperson a few, few days back. And it said that, the subject line said that uh, you can make my day better or you can change my smiley emoji, uh, sadness emoji to the smiley emoji. And that's what it said on the subject. I really wanted to open that. What does that mean? Change yeah, the sad yeah. emoji to the smiley emoji. And then I said that he said that this is my last email to you. If you don't get back to me, um, I'm not going to send you an email. So that was a very creative way of yeah. reaching out. Yeah. Um, and I was really impressed by that. But anyways, thank you so much, Simon. Really yeah. appreciate you taking out your time this evening. Any final comments from your side? Uh, look, I just just re reimagine the way you think about your creativity. It, it's not to do with your ability to draw realistically. That's just where most of us are. Place I can't draw realistically, which is, you know, takes a lot of practice and a lot of effort. Yeah. That's nothing to do with your creativity. So just reimagine your creativity. And look, Try something new, get out of your comfort zone, seek some inspiration, mix up your working day, mix up your weekends. And all of a sudden, all of this stuff, those ideas, that creativity, you know, starts to bubble away. And also don't yep. be scared of running a little experiment and think, okay, yep. how can I reimagine my day? Could I start my day differently? 
could I try a different approach? Could I try and squeeze six hours of work into four so I get an hour off early? Like experiment, try new things. And, you know, that's what humans are designed to do. We've been problem solving, you know, since day one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure that this episode is going to uh, add a lot of value um, uh, in the lives of people who will be listening to this episode. So thank you so much, Simon, for taking out yeah, your you're time. Welcome. You're welcome. And I hope to see you in another episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. 